0: And welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, apparently Jeannie Buss may have nixed a trade this offseason uh, that would have brought Buddy Heal to Miles Turner. Uh, a, the Lakers continue to look for wings, and that's the optimistic look of things. The pessimistic side of it also is that they continue to find excuses not to make a trade, even though the Lakers bet desperately need it. So, yeah, same conversation. Let's go. I think the biggest story from yesterday's you know, bundle of them as we arrived at December 15th, the big grand deadline that uh, Rob Palenka was supposed to find some new energy into making a trade from, uh, well, a trade didn't happen and no additional names were listed that the Lakers are now attached to who were not available before December 15th. And also no additional names that the Lakers couldn't have moved before are now on the trade block. So waiting till December 15th didn't really accomplish anything new. Just like waiting till or waiting 20 games into the season didn't accomplish anything new. And uh, just like waiting for a training camp didn't accomplish anything new. Now, As Sam Amick uh, wrote for The Athletic, apparently the Lakers, and and this is well reported, the Lakers had a trade with Indiana that got as close as, according to multiple reports, the one-yard line, and uh, didn't happen, right? And in his article today, uh, Amick wrote something that I found interesting in that, you know, apparently Jeannie Buss has been vocal in not wanting to trade Russell Westbrook, so if a trade doesn't happen that arrives at the one-yard line, typically that's ownership stepping in. Now, uh, I spoke to Aaron about this, and Aaron knows about this more about this than just about anybody, and he says that's not how things played out. So I have to also offer up that as context. However, there is so much reporting on this front, and Amick uh, is somebody who has... Had stuff on Genie before that has has rang true, so I I don't think we can necessarily disregard this out of hand either. So, uh, but this is the way that he you know kind of put it as it pertains to Genie and and Russell Westbrook. Quote: Westbrook may not be thrilled with the role, but his improved play and intensity speaks volumes about his willingness to accept the reality that it's the right move for this team. This is why Lakers owner Jeannie Buss was was known to be reluctant to give up on Westbrook in those days leading into training camp when they came so close to doing the well-chronicle deal with Indiana that would have sent Westbrook to the Pacers in exchange for big man Miles Turner and sharpshooter Buddy Heald. Now again, there are obviously multiple accounts of this situation, and all of those need to be at least contextualized, right? At least offered up as context for how we arrived here. But this angle of it makes it seem as if the Lakers were on the verge of trading Russ for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, and Jeannie Bus stepped in. Now, look, that wouldn't even be out of the ordinary. That would be actually the definition of ordinary, an owner stepping in to nix something that they don't think is either in the team's basketball best interest or business's best interest. And uh, Jeannie is perfectly within her right to be able to do so if that was something that she chose to do. The difference here, though, is that Jeannie has said at every turn that she stays out of basketball decisions. And this would now be another victory lap that she has taken for something that the Lakers either did or, in this case, didn't do um, because of how things have played out since then. The only thing is... If you're taking a victory lap for Russell Westbrook just merely accepting a six-man role when he's still one of the league's most inefficient players and the Lakers currently sit at 11 and 16 one is fair to criticize your priorities in running that victory lap maybe consider stretching but I I do not think that Jeannie choosing to do this is something that she shouldn't be allowed to do Clearly. It is her job. The thing is, and I think the thing that should be, that the people should be most frustrated over is the ambiguity that goes into any and all of these decisions. And, you know, sometimes it's just Rob and sometimes it's Rob that talks to the inner circle. And sometimes that inner circle looks one way and sometimes that inner circle looks a different way. And sometimes Clutch is involved and sometimes Clutch overrides the inner circle. And it's just, it's just this unending migraine of whatever the opposite of tra- and transparency is it's just this shroud this this blackout drape that always sits between us and understanding in any way shape or form how the fuck anything happens with the lakers and this isn't something that like just i am frustrated by Clearly last year people were frustrated by it as people from within the Lakers own walls were, le- were leaking that they don't know what Linda Rambis does. So there is all this ambiguity ambiguity. And by the way, none of this would matter. I wouldn't care if they were ambiguous as <laughs> far in, in their moves in, in, in how they operated. I wouldn't care about transparency if the Lakers were operating at anywhere near an optimal level, but they aren't. The Lakers are coming off of the most frustrating season in franchise history. They are currently 11 and 16. After winning the championship and having assets at their disposal and cap space at their disposal or not cap space but exceptions at their disposal, the Lakers have proceeded to absolutely rip apart the core that won that championship, fire that head coach, and now arrive here at this place where they are once again fighting to get into a play-in game. And, and that's all while this season, LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been good. So if you have a good LeBron James and a great Anthony Davis and you're fighting for a play-in game and you have all of these questions surrounding how things operate, then yeah, there does need to be offered up some transparency and somebody does need to speak up for what is and what is not being done here to address the very clear holes that were clear from the time that this roster was put together. And until that time comes, and until that press conference comes, we're going to continue to rant and rave about what the Lakers could be, what the Lakers should be, what the Lakers were under Dr. Jerry Bus, and what they haven't been since his kids took over. Now, as it pertains to the names that are still being attached to the Lakers, the good news here is that they seem to have identified the point of weakness on this roster: Bojan Bogdanovic, Kyle Kuzma, Evan Fournier, uh, Cam Reddish, and and you can go on down the line here. The vast majority of names who have been linked to the Lakers fill some kind of need. Buddy Hield isn't necessarily a three and D wing, but he certainly is a three one, and Miles Turner isn't is not <laughs> a three nor wing, But he would solidify something that the Lakers clearly need in help inside, physicality, and then also spaces the floor for, for when he steps out. So, like, as much as you've enjoyed Thomas Bryant playing this year, Miles Turner is that, but, like, at least five times better. So the names that have been linked to the Lakers have all made a lot of sense. We haven't seen, like, the Terry Rogers of the world. And we haven't seen—now, we have seen them hold out hope for DeMar DeRozan— and I don't think he makes much sense given the the, the the holes in the Lakers roster. But he at least is taller than like 6'3". So I, I think, you know, and, and this is all baby steps here because this is such a young front office and inexperienced front office and frankly a messy front office that like you just kind of have to take any sign of progress whenever you can get it. Otherwise, you'll just sit here and scream into the abyss as, as I am wont to do. But if this is something that the Lakers know that they have to address, and it's just a matter of how or when they address it, then at least we know we're waiting for something that makes some sense. Now, we'll see how this actually plays out, and I would have liked to have heard some new name who wasn't available on December 15th and who is now literally available now, Um, because they were signed in the offseason or something like that. We didn't get that. So it is just another sign that the Lakers continue to just kind of suffer from paralysis by analysis. And eventually, maybe we'll get something. One person who appears to be waiting for it is Patrick Beverly, as he is apparently leaking that he would like to go back to Minnesota after he is traded for and bought out. Hilarious stuff there. But look, uh, I am here with you guys waiting for the same news we feel like we've been waiting for for like two years, and eventually maybe we'll get it. Um, I do think Anthony Davis and LeBron James have proven enough, and it sounds like the Lakers agree that they have proven enough to be worth gambling on with the 27 and 29 pick, and until we actually get some solidification of that Theory. Uh, that's about as much as we can hope for. It's frustrating, but that's just the case. All right, that's going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown podcast. Make sure you guys check out the episode of the Lakers Lounge that uh, Aaron and Raj and I recorded last night. It was a fun one. It was a fiery one. Uh, that that, that <laughs> um, uh, and 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 one that I thought was was very entertaining in the moment. If you have checked it out or haven't checked it out or don't necessarily know how to check it out safest way on this feed most fun way i think is watching live uh because you just get stuff on video that you don't necessarily get here in the audio form but regardless however you want to tune in i appreciate it when you do so until the next time you guys hear from us which will be aaron and i hosting the hook here in a few hours by the time you guys are listening to this I'm Anthony Irwin, saying have a good one.